This season of the Mumbrig podcast is brought to you by Bathorium, Canada's favorite clean and green beauty bath products. They make all natural bath bombs, bath soaks, bubble baths, and accessories with no artificial fragrances or toxins. And they're vegan and ethically produced. To get 15% off, go to mumbrig.ca slash bath. Welcome to the Mumbrig podcast a place where you can feel normal, get helpful information, and laugh your ass off. Hopefully without peeing your pants. I'm your host, Erica, and I have two kiddos. I am not a mom expert, but I do have a zillion hours of therapy under my belt and no filter. I'm on my own journey to find happiness, and I want to help you on the way to yours. Okay. Okay, guys, actually, I should have told you, Karen and Natasha, you guys are seas episode, well, technically one of guests of this season. So welcome everybody and welcome Karen Natasha. Thank you. <laughs> um I'm super excited because and before I let you guys introduce yourself, I'm I'm gonna try to explain to people the connection. So um Kara, hold on, hold on. You could probably do this better than I could, Kara. Kara's mom is really good friends with my mother-in-law. And because of that, we're all like weirdly close in a great, fantastic way. So I've sort of known your guys' journey through my mother-in-law, but also through having talked to you, Kara. And um, I'm just so excited when you guys decided to start the Instagram account because I'm like, they've decided to make their life public. Now I can have them on the podcast and ask them all the questions for everybody to learn all about them. So thank you for doing that. appreciate it. So um, maybe just kick things off for the people who don't know you guys. Um, an introduction, and then we'll deep dive into the ooey-gooey parts of your life. Sounds good. Okay, so we are Kara and Natasha, and we have been together since, Kara, you better chime in. <laughs> We've been together since 2013, so it's been about, I guess, seven years now. Yeah. Is that right? It's right. Okay. I think. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm the wrong person. Anyways. Okay, <laughs> married since... June 30th, 2018. Okay. Good job, guys. Yeah, doing good. Nailing it here. (laughs) Uh, We are the proud parents of three wonderful little kids. And our eldest is our um, Alyssa, and then Aria, and our little guy, Easton. So since, I guess, from the beginning, we were together, we have been, I guess, trying to build a family. And uh, it's been a long, long road, and we've been dealing with infertility issues for quite some time. So we decided to uh, kind of document our journey for for everyone who's kind of going through the same thing, or I guess just wants to know a little bit more about us. And with that, we ended up being pregnant at the same time, and we had babies three weeks apart during COVID. So, yeah. I think I think that's during also COVID. like uh, with a toddler already at home. <laughs> With a two and a half year old. Yeah, it was great. So busy. <laughs> but I have the same age gap with my kids, but then it's like only one of each. And then I got to, like Jordan got to rest. Well, I, you know, like, hold on. How do I explain this? You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm the only one that's physically affected in the relationship where you guys are both physically affected with pregnancy yeah. and recovering from um, labor, pushing human out of your body or however you had delivered. I can't actually remember at this point. Um, and yeah. they were, I don't know why I felt the need they, to do that sound effect. I'm sorry. 
They were vacuumed out, yeah. Just like, do it again. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, you guys have three kids at home. I'm sure you talk in sound effects too. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're not singing the Wiggles, then we're definitely oh. talking about harmonizing that. to Doc McStuffin. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Doc McStuffins. Doc. Mc... Oh, sorry. <laughs> get in my head, nothing slot. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm dragging you guys down with me. Um, okay, so then you've decided now to um, document this. You have an account on Instagram at Twiblings, right? Yeah. Twibbling so mom. It, Twiblings. It's Twibbling Moms. Twibbling Moms. Okay, can you yeah. spell that just for people, and I'll put it in the notes as well. Yeah, so it's T-W-I-B-L-I-N-G-M-O-M-S. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I had to do it in my head with you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so you, you've now decided to document this journey, and it's pretty freaking cool. It, it's so interesting because I, I know some of your life, um, some of like your life as a collective um, through my family connection, but it's I, I love how... And I don't know who's ever writing the posts. Like I can never tell who I'm talking to or DMing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I feel like you're just one. Um, <laughs> but it's, you're it's, so it's, candid. It's it's Kara. Okay. It's um, but you're so candid and you you're so open to sharing um, some really challenging times and some really real conversations. And I I so admire that because I know it's a hard space to do it in. It's a it's a critical world out there, and I know that firsthand. So maybe I would love to hear if you guys can just sort of and take as much time as you want, but just share your journey sort of from the beginning to where we are now in whatever capacity you want. I just, I want to hear the story and I think people would love to hear it. Can sure. we, yeah. Where, well, where do you want us to start? Um, a good start. Well, okay. So, and I know Kara, we've talked about this, but I, I have this like ingrained in my memory. Cause I was like, this is so brave and badass of her, but we were, I was driving into Toronto. Was it for a course or something? I can't remember yeah, what it was for. I, I go to Ryerson part-time. So it's yeah. Just one more thing that you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the list. But we were, so I was living in Toronto and I think I was visiting Ottawa and you were in Ottawa visiting Toronto. So I drove you and you just looked at me and you're like, Erica, I have to tell you something. I haven't told anybody like my family yet, but I'm super gay. And I was like, huh? <laughs> okay, cool. Like, I know you, per- I, I, I know you, I don't know you that well, but like, I'm, I'm happy you felt comfortable telling me like, cool. <laughs> I needed to get it out. <laughs> it was. And I was like, I didn't like, I didn't make a thing of it, but I was like, this is pretty cool. I I love this person seems pretty freaking badass. And from that moment, and then you're like, and then you started going on about this like really cool person named Natasha. And I was like, oh, and it's the beginning. Yeah, so to me, it, it, for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was just for me, that was my, like, I know there's more to it from your guys's end. Um, but I think that's a, a really cool, brave moment. Um, so really wherever you want to start from how you met or to when you started to start your family, whatever you feel is the start for you guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, how we met is kind of, we just met through friends so that there wasn't a whole lot to that. Um, but we did know right away that we wanted to both wanted to start a family. And I think that's something that really connected us a lot in the beginning is because we both felt so strongly about becoming parents. So, you know, we started dating and 
classic lesbians move very quickly. So we pretty much started <laughs> right away um, just talking about, we actually bought a house in the first like four months that we were dating. Yeah, that was super quick. I remember people being like, this is a yeah. little quick. So <laughs> we started dating in November of 2013. And I think we like officially signed the papers in January or February. Yeah, somewhere around there. I mean, it just kind of like fell into the place it wasn't, you know, Natasha was looking to buy a home anyways. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. why aren't we just doing this together? And makes sense. It wasn't right. Anyway. So we ended up buying a house and we knew right away we wanted to try having kids together. Natasha had already been trying, um, previously, mm-hmm. um, but then took a little break from that. Maybe you mm-hmm. want to just briefly go on. Uh, I had done, I think three or four IUIs that had failed. And so I just, yeah, I needed a break from that for sure. So when I met Kara, it was something that like, I made sure, I guess that she wanted the same thing right off. Cause I didn't want to, I'm 10 years older and I didn't really have time to waste because I know mm-hmm. what lengthy process it is. So she was on board right away. So, yeah. And then, so we, about after a year being together, we started going to the fertility clinic. Um, Natasha was trying to get pregnant first because she is 10 years older. So that just made sense for our situation. Um, and we'd been doing IUI and are you familiar with IUI? Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, Natasha, like I, I don't know what IUI is. And so I think some people probably don't either. So maybe if you can quickly explain it. Uh, so IUI is, I would describe it probably just as like a turkey baster type <laughs> but so they usually official. just like they just take the sample and and but they insert it directly into right. your wherever they put it <laughs> i don't know i'm picturing yeah, like jane it, the virgin style if you've seen jane the yeah virgin, i mean for, i'll go with that yeah it, exactly mm-hmm. it's exactly that <laughs> and yeah, so i, I think it's a tv connection or whatever I think is what it's called. Anyway, so we didn't know at the time, but the chances are actually pretty low of that being successful. Um, and at the time, neither of us really thought that, that we had any fertility issues. So we we're just naive being like, woo, this is going to be amazing. It's going to work. We're having a baby. Um, much to our surprise, it didn't work. And our doctor was like, well, no, like your odds really aren't that high for artificial insemination. Um, but we'll keep trying because we don't see anything you know, there's nothing evident that's wrong with you. So we'll keep trying. So Natasha did try a couple more times. Mm-hmm. And then you tried. I tried, didn't work. And so then we kind of got to a point because you could try technically every month, but it it really does take more time in between that. So it was, you know, we had only tried maybe seven times, but it was over the course of probably two years, right? I think it was less, a little less. Maybe a little that. less than two years. Less Anyways, so we said to the doctor, we're like, look, like we're desperately wanting kids. What else can we do? So, um, you can go ahead and talk about your start with IVF if you want. But yeah, I think that was a good word to use. Like we were completely naive. So when he Mm. suggested our doctor suggested uh, moving on to IVF and like, I just thought with the cost associated with that procedure, that it had to have been a guarantee. Like, I don't know how people can shell out this kind of money time and time again. So I yeah. figured we had a really good chance and we did not have a good chance at all. Oh. And we actually failed. So that IVF. You led- should probably also just remind people what IVF is because not everybody is 
up in the, the fertility world, right? I know it's been our <laughs> bubble for so long. I yeah. just figure everyone's got the lingo down. Um, so in vitro. <laughs> so that's where they actually um, extract your eggs and mix it externally with the sample, with the sperm, and then hope it fertilizes and then plant it back in you. Got it. So it's a lengthy, lengthy process. Mm-hmm. A lot of medications involved in that. So. Yeah. That one's a lot physically too, right? Like there's, you have to take certain yeah. hormones and injections leading up to it, which I think is a, is a big toll, both physically and emotionally to right. do. Right. So Tash, Tash is a big baby and hates needles. So oh, that's I convenient. had to give her all, <laughs> I had to give her all of her needles. And, um, I think it was, I, you know, I don't quote me on this. I think it was two or three needles a day that she had to do for almost two weeks. Um, and it at was, specific times. Too. Yeah. So we had like alarm set to remember to oh, you know, take medication out and you have to like mix in, you know, I, or when, or when you were at work and I had to show up there. Yeah. She'd come to my work oh, and gosh. I'd sneak out her, her needles and stuff, but so, so romantic. Yeah, it, it really was romantic. <laughs> Talk about romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So we did the first round of IVF and that one unfortunately resulted in two day three embryos. And we were still cautiously optimistic. I mean, we knew that the chances weren't high, but we we're like, okay, well, we'll try popping both those embryos back and maybe we'll have um, a baby from it. So the goal is to, at the clinic, they want to see an embryo get to day five, if possible. So that means that it grows outside in this little like Petri dish up to five days. And on day five, that is like, your chances are higher. And if they don't think it'll make it to day five, then they'll typically on day three, they'll put those embryos back. Um, just hoping that maybe it'll grow naturally uh, once it's implanted in your uterus. So that unfortunately resulted in uh, no, no baby, no pregnancy. Um, so we decided to try again. Well, we waited a little bit and then just the timing worked out pretty well because then um, we got on the list for a funded cycle. Yeah. Ooh, which was really good. And because I'd already done all the testing, mm-hmm. we were bumped up on the list. So we were probably one of the, one of the earlier couples to go ahead and go with that that's amazing which is also really cool that i know there's a lot of places like the the uk they're fighting right now because same sex couples it's not funded for them because they're not considered to be needing the funding so we're definitely really fortunate here that Mm -hmm. it we had it funded um, Mm -hmm. and there weren't you know there was no extra steps that we had to take to get that funding although we would have been eligible either Either way, because we both did end up having some slight fertility issues and it clearly wasn't working any other way. So we had to do IVF in the end, but yeah. So Tash then did a second round. I guess we can kind of speed this up. So yeah. she did a second round of IVF. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's long winded, I swear. No, so it's, it's your story did. and it's important these steps because I think so many people have gone through maybe, I mean, you guys have a semi unique experience in, you know, the times of your births and pregnancies and that you're a same sex couple, but the, the IVF process is still something that a lot of people go through and they're important steps in the journey. Yeah, my, because you opinion. get your up so high and then in a second you can go for your blood test and you're back down again. Right. Yeah. It's <sighs> a long roller coaster and I'm, so happy we're uh, almost through it. Yeah, but now we're experienced, so we got this. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're good. yeah. But, but at the time, that was a low point for us, for sure. Dark yeah. times. 
but I do remember. So <laughs> Natasha's first round of IVF. So to get her eggs taken out and they give you medication cause it's quite painful. And, you know, we like mentally prepare ourselves. I was allowed to go in with her. So you go into the, like an operating room essentially. And while we were waiting, cause you have to arrive early while we're waiting, we could hear somebody oh. screaming bloody murder. Oh, like she was like, I swear. I thought she was dying in this room. And so Tash was sitting there like sweating, so nervous. She's like, what is going on? I'm not going in there. I'm not doing this. But that was an awful she, sound. she ended up going in and doing it. And she said it wasn't nearly as bad. And of course, oh. everyone's pain tolerance is different. And no doubt it was painful. It was super painful. But just that first experience hearing this woman, like I thought she was being like murdered on this table. But oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> it was okay. It ended up being fine. Um, so, yeah. So they ended up getting more embryos that time or more eggs, which then turned into. Um, some beautiful little embryo babies that we were very attached to right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she ended up having, I think five, right? Yeah. So one fresh transfer and then four to freeze. Okay. Okay. Got it. So yes. you freeze the embryos. When you have a funded um, IVF cycle, you can only put one back at a time. So we were able I to have freeze heard that. Okay. Because it seems like a I mean, obviously you just want to have one baby, right? You don't want to be having mm-hmm. two babies because then there's higher chances of risks and stuff. So yeah, two babies um, at a time. Terrible. Jeez. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, God. <laughs> we said no joke. We said all jokes were fine, right? We talked about this. Yeah. Oh, anything. We yeah, can go dark. Good. It's fine. Just, just wait till we go into our labor story. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> it was no, you were bad. I'm dramatic for sure. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, so she got uh, four frozen. The fresh cycle didn't work. We did uh, another frozen embryo, and they say your chances sometimes can be higher with a frozen embryo because they survive freezing, they survive thawing. You know, they're super little ba- embryos. So, anyways, the second one didn't work. It was a cat. no. The second one didn't work. I remember. Don't worry. I have control issues. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so the second one didn't work. The third one was a chemical pregnancy, Mm -hmm. um, which just means that her numbers were a little higher. So technically she was pregnant, but it didn't result. Just like the meanest tease ever. Right, exactly. And But I didn't even know what it was. She was like, oh, you're, uh, well, technically. I was like, okay. Yeah. I had so many phone calls from the nurses saying, sorry, not this time, that I was like, okay, I was just getting used to it. It was just another, it, right? just what you expected to hear. Exactly. Right. Anyway, so then the fourth embryo, it actually, um, it did work. So that was for a little Alyssa, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. but getting there. So we were told that the sack was small and there's a chance that it, it, we, we wouldn't make it or the baby wouldn't make it. And then she had, what was it called? A hematoma. Mm. is that what they're called there's like um, you look at me like i'm supposed to know no i i don't know Help you, <laughs> let me spill my medical jargon for you yeah <laughs> anyway so she basically had like i think it's like bleeding outside of the placenta or something like a little blood spot yeah so then we were like oh we have to keep an eye on that anyways we have beautiful Alyssa, and that was just amazing mm-hmm. she's so cute it was your turn. yeah so fast forward I ended up doing IVF. Um, I got the exact same amount of eggs and the exact same amount fertilized. And 
the first one didn't work. The fresh one, the second one didn't work. And then the third one was an ectopic pregnancy. Mm. Um, so I honestly, I was so naive. I never even thought that that was a possibility. I'm like, they're implanting the embryo right into my uterus. How could it possibly end yeah. up back into my fallopian tubes? But apparently they travel. So it went joke. into my fallopian tube, right? And so, yeah, so that was really, really rough. I, at that point, I was, I was in disbelief, but I did the medication, you know, they confirmed it with ultrasounds and stuff. And then I ended up having to go to emerge to have it removed. So I had my fallopian tube removed and the embryo, but recovery was fine. Super, super quick. I was really lucky that there were no complications or anything. And then I think my next one after that was little baby Aria, Mm -hmm. but leading up to kind of how I'm sure. Because that's the question, right? Like, do you guys plan this? And we're yeah, like, I want to know. Not, not really. And they're like, "How is that possible? Like, you <laughs> get to pick when you go." And right. Like, Tell me more. <laughs> so, do you want to go? You can go ahead. I feel like I haven't stopped. <laughs> no, go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, <We're> enjoying. <laughs> so, um, what was I saying about? What oh yeah. Like- okay. So I wanted to keep trying right away. Because I was like, I was determined. And at that point, I was feeling really bad about myself. And I had been super, like, trying to be really healthy and, you know, reading all the tricks. And I wore the warm socks and I ate the McDonald's French fries that they say you're supposed to eat after your transfer. And I did all the things that they say you're supposed to do. So then by my next transfer, and I was feeling so down about this ectopic, I was like, I'm not doing any of that. I'm just like, I'm letting go, letting loose. Whatever happens, happens. And so... I got the call first and they asked if I was ready to go. So we prepared for that month, but then Tash also got a call. And at that point we were like, okay, Alyssa, you know, she's almost two years old. We really want a sibling for her. Let's just, we're just going to both try. And they, at the time there's a long wait list to, to use your transfers, like your embryos. So then Tash would have had to go back at the bottom of the wait list. And so we were like, "Mm, you know what? maybe one of us will get pregnant and we'll just both try. And so our cycles just happened to be three weeks apart. And I went first. I knew right away that I was pregnant. I felt weird. I felt different than I had felt even with my ectopic. And so I took a test right away, pregnant. And then Tash went three weeks, two, yeah, about two and a half weeks later. And sure enough, it worked. (laughs) That's wild. Based on everything that you'd been to up, been through up until that point and then the timing just synced up that you're like well might as well because we've had so many you know horrible pieces of news and feedback and then all of a sudden babies yeah. adorable babies and we because Kara because all the transfers that Kara did like it added up to almost was it a year and a bit right yeah. so I mean if your first one w- would have worked then by the time I got a call like we thought we had timed it really really well yeah and, makes sense um yeah I mean, we did time it well because now we now have, have right little twiddlings, right? <laughs> Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. But no, we were so excited. I mean, I think at first we were in shock because we had had, like you said, like so many times we've been told, no, you're not pregnant. You're not pregnant. So we were in disbelief for the first little while. I'm still in shock though. <laughs> not yet, you, know? you just haven't had a chance to sleep in how many months, right? That's like you guys haven't literally slept and you're in the middle of a sleep regression too, eh? Like. You're just really oh, yeah. thick of things. Loving it. Uh, so oh, you're both pregnant. Very exciting. 
you have you get to go through pregnancy together (laughs) that worked out well too from covid yeah yeah so we shared the news with our family first right and everybody was in like just complete disbelief and everyone's first reaction was like are you crazy like Mm -hmm. what were you thinking and we're like well yeah we're crazy but it partly wasn't our choice like Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it's it was people don't realize but we were super happy to be going through it together and honestly the whole pregnancy was really good like we were sick at opposite so I had morning sickness she had evening sickness oh so like you know, we really played well off one another. We had awesome food cravings together. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many times where we just, this is like so embarrassing, but we did lift our shirt, put our stomachs to each other and let the babies like kick each other. Oh my God. I'm you can say they've done that, you know? Like, like almost nobody. Yeah. Does anyone want to do that? Maybe not, but we did. Kara does though. I feel like that was Kara driven. No, that was like, totally my, my idea. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Natasha, lift up your shirt. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, Right now. (laughs) It's when I was sleeping. (laughs) That's not true. It's funny. It's because it's like when I used to be pregnant with um, the kids, Jordan hated touching my stomach. My people who aren't, you know, family friends, Jordan is my husband. Um, And he hated touching it. So I would spoon him like big spoon him in the middle of the night to like force the baby to to kick him. And I just picture Kara rolling over and like forcing your bellies together in the middle of the night, being like, babies play. She yeah. rolled over hard and knocked me over, that's for sure. Her belly was huge. You know what? But I got stretch marks 13 weeks. I got my first stretch mark. Like it was serious. That's unfortunate. Yeah. It, I, You're I real short like though. Mass. Yeah. And that's the thing is like we showed and carried completely differently because she is like a whole foot taller than me. People so, thought I just drank a lot of beer. Yeah, I should have beer. <laughs> like, no. Because how yeah. tall are you, Natasha? Five, eight-ish? Five, yeah, okay. So we're the same height. And then, Kara, I know you're really short. So it's, yeah, yeah like, it, you'd like see that. You're five one. Yeah, you're, yeah. Cute little family you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My mom's shorter than me. Let's just say that. Is she? I'll, I'll, I'll message I'll tell Lorraine next time I see her I'll be like you're the short one ask her ask her how tall she is okay <laughs> okay so you guys are belly bumping in the middle of the night which is adorable and cute and the babies are playing yeah biting. so cute and it was actually you know what it was really cute because obviously for Alyssa so she was super young she was I guess two by the time that she really could start noticing that I had belly and stuff so there was a point where she literally thought that every woman was pregnant She's like, yeah. my mom's pregnant. Well, clearly every woman out there is pregnant and she'd walk around with her stuffed animals in her shirt. And she's like, we're all having babies. And oh. you know, I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So let's, I, I need to hear about the deliveries because this, I love okay. birth stories. I, I love them so much. I don't know why it's just like this weird thing. And I, I know snippets of your guys's and I'm pardon you to be for sure. You needed to be there for Kara's. That was an experience. Kara's not a good pregnant person. Listen. Not a so, good in labor So person. first of all, my biggest fear in the entire pregnancy. You almost made the nurse quit. That's how bad. It's true. Okay. She was amazing. She was. No. Anyways, my, my biggest fear in the entire journey was that Natasha would go into labor before me. So I was due like three weeks before her. And my I was terrified to watch her give birth again. And then have to go and do it again a couple weeks or like even a couple days later. Right. Mm-hmm. So I like 
begged the doctor. I was like, you have to induce me early. Please make sure that this baby is out before Natasha goes into labor. Because Natasha with Alyssa, the baby, like Alyssa was out in seven minutes. Like it was like a super quick delivery. So your second time around is typically quicker, right? Yeah. So I was like, uh-uh, you're keeping your legs closed until this baby comes out of me because I cannot watch that again. So I ended up giving birth at 39 weeks and six days before Natasha went into labor, but I wasn't, indu- I ended up being induced and, um, I'm trying to think of like how it went. I had really bad, like back pain, like back labor. And Natasha was telling me that I was a baby, but I was really sick. I was keeping my brains out and she had no sympathy for me. No, you weren't even ventilated. They're like, go home. What are you doing here? I wanted this baby out so bad and I was dilated like two whole centimeters. Okay. That's pretty yeah. good. I feel like they don't <laughs> accept you at the hospital at two centimeters. <laughs> oh, oh, they took me. <laughs> I had a lovely bath <laughs> and then anyway, so I ended up getting, I like demanded the epidural and the nurse was like, okay, yeah, we'll give you the epidural. But like, as soon as you got there, they just wanted. Oh, I wanted it before I even went into labor. Before I didn't she want got to feel anything. <laughs> Before she got her bracelet on. (laughs) I've walked through the doors. I'm here. Put some, put my epidural in now. Yeah. So essentially I like demanded it and she's like, it might slow down your labor. And I was like, I don't care because I'm not feeling well. And I, I just want the pain to go away. I kept telling her, I remember I kept being like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. She's like, yeah, but like you have to get the baby out. So you can. (laughs) And she just kept telling me that. And I was so obsessed I just kept saying I really can't do this I was really dramatic I mean you know me I'm pretty dramatic so (laughs) anyways I ended up getting the epidural and you know what it was a good thing because I got the epidural around 11 30 and she was out before 4 p.m so I went from two to out pretty quickly no but the good thing about the epidural is that you weren't as crazy (laughs) yeah and the nurse was very appreciative of that yeah and you know like, what? oh you're a nice person actually like, <laughs> I, I was maybe not rude but like you know what it's like I just was really unhappy to be there <laughs> and I, I was trying to be nice to her but she was having none of it because <laughs> I was rude but I apologized I got the epidural I reintroduced myself and you know what like I loved our nurse was amazing she was so good honestly she was so good so like I'm I would crying. Yeah. She, was, she was good. <laughs> but then, so I was really scared to push. I was actually really nervous about pushing for so many reasons. I was terrified I was going to pull on the table or like in the bed. And Legit. yeah, I mean, I did. <laughs> it's fine. We all did. I told them, I, said, I was like, you are not allowed to make a face. If it happens, you're just going to quickly remove it and nobody's going to talk about it. And I literally remember I was pushing. I was like, all right, it's happening. I'm pooing right now. And so I looked at them both and I just knew I was laughing. No, we kept a straight face. They tried to be so serious about it. Yeah. Anyways, Aria really didn't like the pushing and her heart rate kept dropping every time I had a contraction. So they ended up doing, what's it called? An episiotomy and they they vacuumed her out. Like, Oh, you got like... V to A, like in the vacuum. Oh, oh yeah, it oh, was good times. It was great. And I was the like, at vagina. this point, I was like, because like a whole team of people came in because her heart rate was heart rate heart rate was dropping really really low. So I was scared. I remember I was like crying. I was like, is everything okay? And they're like, 
you know, we just want to be here for her birthday party. You'll be fine. And I'm oh, sitting God. crying, crying my face off. Anyway, she was fine. She came out totally fine. So yeah, that was my, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was my birth story. It really wasn't that exciting. Just classic, you know. You're now banned from the Queen. Yeah, <laughs> they won't let me back. No. <laughs> oh my God. I think Natasha's commentary and all that is my favorite. <laughs> You know what? I'm she so made fun of me. I was like crying and she's sitting there being like, I'll stop. You're fine. And I was like, don't, I need to be told that I'm going to be okay. You know, hold me. Hold me right now. I she had no sympathy. Stomach was too big. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, you were 37 weeks pregnant. They were so good to me too, because they brought me a little, you know, those little bed things. Those. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they were so nice. They brought her me. warm blankets yeah. and they made sure that she was so comfortable. Comfortable. I think they're just nervous. You were going to go into oh, labor I know. too. Please, please, please don't. Please don't. But I remember the nurses saying, one of them was like, "Oh, I was hoping I'd be here when you guys like we heard about you guys. We were hoping you'd be here <laughs> while you delivered." I didn't know it was that uncommon. Yeah, we didn't. We thought it was like a thing that people did. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like it's. Yeah, I I think I only know a couple other people because. Of course, when I share your stuff on Instagram, then everyone's like, well, I also know someone who had babies close together. And there's, it was like only two people who messaged me. Yeah. So I feel like it's not that common. Well, we thought it was. This episode of the Mum Break Podcast is brought to you by Bathorium. <laughs> the reason why I am recently so obsessed with Bathorium is because I was formerly a bath hater. The idea of sitting and stewing on my own filth made me really uncomfortable. And the fact that I really struggled to sit still for more than a few moments without getting bored. Now, then COVID hit and my mental health tanked and I became super anxious and I was tasked with sitting still for 10 minutes by a nutritionist. I struggled with this as well until I decided just one day I couldn't take it anymore. I was going to hop in the bath and lo and behold, I threw some Bathorium bath soaks in there and I, I was obsessed. So I've now teamed up with them to give you guys a 20% discount at mumbreak.ca slash bath, where you can get bath bombs, bath soaks, teas, all these amazing things that can help you decompress and force you to take a little bit of a pause in this insane, busy world that we face these days. Now, remember, go to www.mumbreak.ca slash bath, where you'll get all the information to get 20% off. Yeah. Meanwhile, Anyways, you're going into well, the Queensway, tearing up a storm. I was like, oh, like, is this, is this common? She's like, well, I've, I've read about it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now, yeah, so, you, so now you have a newborn and you're still pregnant. Yeah, and now this and is like COVID. COVID. Yeah. So Aria was born the week that they kind of like shut the country down. So cool. it originally the plan was my mom would hang out with Aria, um, stand by near the hospital, then I could feed her as needed and we can kind of she could come and hang out with us. They were like, Oh, we don't typically have newborns in the like labor and delivery room, but you know, we could look into probably making an exception for you. Um, but then what ended up happening was my parents were so kind to look after Aria and Alyssa for us. And then, um, yeah, we didn't, it was, you know what, for me, it was really exciting because I was so excited to meet this handsome little man. But I also like, I felt so weird being away from a newborn overnight mm -hmm. like that. Like it, I can't Skipping ahead though, Kara, uh, 
on that note, you left me at the hospital what? with the newborn. Oh, I did. Yeah, but that's okay. People do that. You're like, he's here. I gotta go. <laughs> like, oh, my okay. boobs just, were killing. I need up this baby on my own. I needed to that's feed cool. a baby. My boobs were on fire. You brought your pump. <laughs> not you set the, up a station. It's not the same. And a chair. <laughs> Plugged right into where my machine thing is. Yeah. She's like, made yourself at home. I think you're ready to start pushing. I was like, I just have to finish pumping this boob. Hang on. <laughs> I'm not ready. Oh. <laughs> We're on my terms here. Not this oh. baby's. No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, so <laughs> Tash was cramping. So she was induced for Alyssa. And the plan was to induce her if she was if it was needed as well. Um, but one night she was like, Oh, I'm really not feeling well. My stomach's kind of hurting. But I thought it was Kara's cooking. I just made fair enough. I just made spicy burgers. So she's like, Oh, it's not sitting well. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call the labor and delivery just to see maybe something's going on. So they're like, Oh, you know, start to like bleed heavily in the usual. If you really think you're in labor, come and see us. So at that point, three weeks has gone by since Aria was born. And so that everything had changed. So we kind of like walked in. She was like, I need to go in. So we walk in and they're like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. So I ended up. Because it's COVID. Yeah. yeah but like in the car. It, it was a completely different experience just in the three weeks, you know, that had gone by. Because um, they had to take us down different hallways. and. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It was. Anyway, because it was, it was like fine. structured out the hospital, right? Like there's yeah. different pathways. Okay. So, so what you just did is diff- totally different. Like, Totally different. Right. So I walked down the COVID hallway and whatever. Like it was fine. Lift all the walls. <laughs> no. you usually do, right? Yeah. Anyways, then what do you tell your story? Take it away. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you had a breath. <laughs> so I showed up there and she's like, Oh, like, why are you here? And I was like, Oh, like I'm bleeding. I have some cramps. And she's like, Are you having contraction? I'm like, Yeah, maybe. She's like, Okay. And then she kept asking me, like, well, how heavy is the bleeding? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I'm bleeding. She just like, like I have a newborn at home and I'm pregnant. I don't know. Yeah, Check me out. <laughs> so then, uh, so she checked, called the doctor in to check. And then, um, yeah, the doctor was like, oh, I know why uh, you're bleeding. I'm like, hey, great. She goes, you're five centimeters dilated. I'm like, oh, she's like, you are in labor. Let's go. I'm like, cool. So I'm like, is it okay? What a hero. What a hero. Well, I thought it's your cooking. I think you're the hero. Good for you. You Oh, wow. Five centimeters. Yeah. (laughs) Good job, spicy burger. Really kicked things in. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so Kara was allowed to come back in and that was it. Baby came out and we're all good. He was vacuumed out Mm -hmm. as well. No episiotomy though, right? No. I think he just, he was yanked out. Yeah, came out pretty good. Why was he vacuumed out again? I think the doctor had to go somewhere else. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyways, he was. I love that out, you can't even remember. <laughs> it's all a blur. This is what I mean. Yeah. I think that that the fact that you don't remember why your your second third child is vacuumed out just just speaks to like the level of exhaustion you guys have experienced over the last X number of months. You know what it was? It was what's it called? Meconium. He oh, pooped. Yeah. He, he had pooped. That's yeah. what it was. Classic. Hasn't stopped since. <laughs> Literally hasn't stopped since. Good time. <laughs> he ate his own poop. Yeah. Oh, he Good did. Times. I did that too when I was a baby, apparently. I got real sick because of it. It's apparently it's a thing. Oh. 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 Luckily, he was fine. 
<laughs> so um, baby number three is vacuumed out. Kara decides she's just going to leave you there in the hospital to fend for yourself. <laughs> I like you're good, right? I stayed home soon. I stayed overnight. Okay. Okay, the first and, night. And so I was like, I want to go home and shower, feed the baby so that when I come back to get you, we are like good to go, ready to welcome baby number three into our house. And so that's what we did. So she's just being dramatic. I left her for like half an hour. <laughs> like it was nothing. Okay, out of the two of us though, who's dramatic? Who do you think is dramatic? Anyways. So after that, when we, when we got home, but that was when no one could, like, we didn't know enough about COVID, right? So her parents were going to, yeah, so they just hang, but they had to bolt, right? They went home, especially we'd been in a hospital. Nobody knew kind of what was going on. I mean, we felt super safe on the, the unit at Queensway. They were amazing there, but mm-hmm. just to be safe, they went home. And then that's when the craziness really started, I'd say. I had mastitis. She had an infection and we were just miserable for the first couple months, to be honest, but that's okay. Well, you're two different newborns with recovering moms in different ways, mastitis, infection, episiotomy, and you're in the midst of COVID with no support and no friends and no family and a toddler. I feel like the baby thing is huge. Yeah, that's a hard age. Two and a half is is rough. Yeah, for sure. But it got it got better. I luckily recovered really really quickly, so I was kind of feeling myself again, like probably the next like week. I was lucky. I wasn't dramatic then. That's <laughs> fine. You're back to and normal then. Yeah, back to my normal <laughs> self. <laughs> and yeah, so then Tash. <laughs> Tash took a bit longer to recover because she did have an infection. So I kept telling her, I'm like, you're just being a, you're a big wuss. <laughs> and turned out it was an infection. She wasn't a wuss. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. She's it's just hard not to, suffering. Like, yeah. But it's like hard not to compare your experiences, right? Because normally if you have like a husband or a spouse that's not pregnant, you could like really milk that as much as you want. Because they're not going to know <laughs> when that's right. like. But like, I couldn't milk anything. She was like, Karen, get up. You're fine. You know? Like. Rub my feet, Carrie. No, you're fine. I just, I was looking for sympathy that I clearly was not getting. <laughs> That's what this all stems from. I love that so much because so, I've so thought of that so many times. Like I have milked it hard. And like when I needed it, like Jordan and I have a rule where we, we don't ask for something unless we like really need it. But then I, when I need it, I milk it. But you guys couldn't <laughs> do that. No, I mean, There's I really no rest. Try. Yeah, I tried to milk it. But Tash just knows you. Yeah, exactly. She knew it was fine. We were lucky our pregnancies were, like, pretty good. I had migraines until, like, 30 weeks, like, pretty consistently. But, I mean, if that's the worst of it, it wasn't It wasn't that bad. No. In the moment, I was like, this is the worst. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm out of it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a breeze. It was so good. So, yeah, it's fine. I've survived nine months of COVID was, with rain. new babies it and toddler. Good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so... so- Pardon? I just said Alyssa like adjusted pretty well to it, which was good. Yeah, that's nice. She probably loves her new little brother and sister so much. For the most part, maybe? Maybe not. Ish. Yeah. She did ask to throw Ari in the garbage the other day. So uh, yeah, it's a common one here. Yeah. <laughs> she got it for Aria, poor thing. 
but it's Arya, not Easton. Like she just doesn't like Arya. Is it because it's the girl thing? Like she just doesn't like the girl. Arya is louder than any baby we've actually ever. Yeah, Easton like, doesn't do much, and Easton's just like so happy to be part of the club. You know, he's he's just happy to be part of any anything. Arya is very loud, louder than me. Like puts me to shame. Yeah, I know that's yeah. It'll be a fun teen years for you guys. I'm so I'm so excited yeah. to watch. Um, <laughs> okay, I want I want to ask. I know there's a couple questions that people asked, but I want to ask my own question. I want to talk sperm donors. I know you talked about, or sorry, I don't know the. Just tell me if I'm using the wrong terminology. Just be like Erica, you're you're dumb. Um, okay, cool. I'm I'm on the right step then. But you did a post about it, and I would love for um you guys to talk about you know how you made your choices just that whole background story because that's a bad like a I feel like that would be I I know nothing about it so I'm curious um I think I wanted so I'm mixed so I'm uh Caucasian and Asian so I wanted that sort of mix as well and same thing I think for Kara too right like yeah we didn't use the same donor um for Aria and Easton because I don't think there are units left for ours okay but you're making that confusing Easton and Alyssa have the same donor because of the same batch of embryos so like they're like basically a twin because Easton's like number five of exactly and he was number four yeah so they had obviously the same donor yeah and then Aria was a different one right and we didn't have vials, so we couldn't use the same donor. But right. on top of that, we wanted, because I'm Caucasian, um, we wanted a mixed donor so that our kids could possibly, they'd all be mixed, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I yeah. wanted them. So we ended up choosing a Chinese-Russian donor for Aria, for me to use. And then um, Easton, Easton and Alyssa, um, their donor is Hawaiian and Polish. Cool. How does one yeah. go about picking a donor? Like I'm, I okay. My naive self is so like just exactly. sit there picking through like a book. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. Picture that. a catalog, but it's online, so you oh, yeah, literally sense digital. Like, I'm picturing like a physical book. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> like, why isn't this digital? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like laminated pages too. I'm, you know, like yeah. the sleeves that you put papers yeah. into. I, that's what I'm picturing with like printout of people's. I'm like, no, this dumb Erica. <laughs> you just go through files and you can pay extra and you get to see pictures which I don't understand why anyone wouldn't yeah you obviously want to know but we look at the profiles first sometimes we find one and look at the picture and you know and move on to the next you know but I mean you can search by height hair color anything eye color that's that's a stressful decision how does one decide that I honestly think it was probably the easiest decision in this whole journey for us. Mm-hmm. We just knew right away. I don't know. Can't explain it. Just it. felt right. Yeah. I mean, you also have to like think about the fact that it is just a sperm donor, right? Mm-hmm. So, like we're not looking necessarily for like we want obviously nice traits and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, like we're the parents. We're not looking for someone to father our children. We're just looking for somebody no. to provide the sperm. So it was really, really easy for us. Mm-hmm. There's also not a lot of mixed donors. So you're most likely to find Caucasian donors. So that kind of limited us as well. But our children are beautiful. So we made the right choice. <laughs> God, they're so friggin' cute. It's ridiculous. 
I'm obsessed. Again, super excited that you started your page so I can stalk your babies more. Because even when you start, before you started your page, you were just posting pictures on your personal stuff. I was like, I need more pictures, but now I have them. It's great. Such a creep. Sorry earlier, but we're just so busy. Yeah, and I was in the beginning. Can't imagine why. I was just like nervous for like backlash that people are going to burst my fun bubble that I'm pregnant with my wife, you know? So I was like worried that we'd have some negative feedback and I'd feel all sorry for myself, but I got over it. If we started a page. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that though, because part of this, part of this journey and part of the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast too, is because not be, only because it's like a super cool story and you guys are amazing, but also because your mission, part of your mission is to normalize what this different type of family can look like, same-sex marriage, um, your, and then also your journey through IVF and all of these losses, but also the triumph. So it's funny, and it must have been, I think it was you, Kara, that I was messaging because I've had my own experience with online bullying. And I'm like, like not in a space that's controversial in any way, right? And I was like a little bit nervous for you because people online are really effing mean they're hor- they're like the opportunity for horrible humans can just scream and say whatever they want so I was like just be careful <laughs> you know what luckily so far we've been you know everyone has been so positive but there is going to come a time where people are going to be rude and we read about it all the time on Facebook and stuff like you just read in comments but if somebody posts you know shares a story especially in the states about um same-sex couples and stuff we, I read comments like take those children away. You deserve to burn in hell, murder the whole family, like really awful things. So like, it's been kind of challenging being vulnerable in that sense. Cause I know that people do feel that way about same sex couples and same sex parents. But at the same time, I just feel like if we can, the more we can normalize it, hopefully the less we'll see people coming around and saying those kinds of things. Right. So I guess that's kind of what really motivated us to, to do You said it so nicely. I just think I don't give a shit what people think. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of that that's but that's yeah. a skill though that's it's hard yeah. to do because I say the same but sometimes like every now and then if I'm if I'm in the mood or I've had a bad day or something has happened or one of my kids is like spit in my face because that happens as a parent obviously <laughs> or maybe just me I don't know it's <laughs> if someone says just the right thing at the right time then it gets to me and it's I find it hard um so I'm, I'm a little bit envious of like just not giving a fuck. Like I, I strive for it and I'm good at it most of the time, but it's really hard. Like it's, it's hard to not take things from strangers on the internet personally. <laughs> yeah. But that's one thing that I hope that our kids have is, is thick skin. Cause I definitely have it. And I, I think I've been called every name in the book and I just, okay, <laughs> move on. It never really bothered me. I'm the opposite. I'm like, did you just call me stupid? And I'm like, I'll go cry about it for three weeks. <laughs> I'm going to overthink and, and figure it to really try and make myself smart so I don't look stupid again. <laughs> so we're like complete opposites. <laughs> but it comes from a place of just this hate of an ignorance, right? So like, yeah, what do you do with that? It's not coming from people that I respect or, you know, care about. Right? That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, it is a good point though. Cause I, I find what I've been asking myself a lot recently is just like, why, why do I give a fuck what they think that I, I don't value their opinion in any shape or form. But if someone said something horrible to me, that was in my family or my close friends, then that would be a problem. I mean, it would be a huge problem. Right. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. So how are you guys doing now then? You are nine months in, you have mobile babies, right? Like yeah. they're moving now, which is, I, I'm scared they for you guys all. a little. Honestly, they are so good. It's just a little minor sleep regression. <laughs> Haven't slept in weeks. So if you would have asked us like three weeks ago, we'd be like, things are so good. But right now we're just... <laughs> Sleep deprived. Definitely sleep. I can't even see. I can't even talk. I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> yeah. Like it's one thing to be outnumbered, but we just, I just wish we had more help, I yeah. guess. Like, I guess if we had had, hadn't had Alyssa or like before, because we got spoiled, we had visitors here yeah. like all the time, people in and out all the time. Yeah. And like my parents would take her like all the time for sleepovers and stuff. So we'd have our alone, our alone time. time in that. Yeah. I know. Which, yeah. And people have been really, really supportive. Like people bring us like meals and stuff, especially in the beginning. And, you know, like obviously my parents are here right now looking after the kids and we've been really lucky to have support from them and support from, you know, Natasha's family's a bit further away. They're in Toronto. So that's been challenging, but they've been at least like super emotionally supportive and they, you know, would send us sweet things every once in a while and stuff just to, brighten our moods and stuff so it's been it's been good Mm -hmm. we're just mat leave isn't looking anything like what we thought it would but at the same time we get a lot more family time right like what else can we do but spend time with each other so that's that's kind of amazing as well you know okay i'm gonna oh yeah sorry no i want to hear what you're saying no you go ahead go ahead no i'm gonna take you on a tangent so continue oh no i was just gonna say like we're lucky that during COVID, we both get to be home. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people are on that leave alone. So it is yeah. isolating, but at least we have each other. So. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you something totally random because I want to rapid fire you like questions that I, yes. that I want to know because I'm curious. Okay. Um, because you mentioned that the babies, you at, at first you treated them like twins, but in reality, they're they're not twins. They're just babies born in bum- bumping bellies. <laughs> right? (laughs) Who didn't know each other. So do you find that's a hard space because you're like, okay, well, there's, there's not really any resources or information for twiddlings. Like it's not really as common as you, you just assumed, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a weird journey for you guys? Yeah, definitely. No, I'm just thinking about how like people look at our in the strollers and they look at the both the babies and I'm waiting for them to say oh my gosh they look alike oh yeah. my gosh twins <laughs> twins <laughs> oh, okay you're like if you but, knew yeah I don't want to get into that but yeah it's been especially in the beginning because they didn't know each other at all like we were able to warm up to the idea that these babies were going to just you know we assumed they would just love each other and they would just connect because the babies and that's what babies do and they've been great they do like each other and stuff but it was challenging trying to get them to sleep in the same room and you know just trying to get them on the same schedules they could not be more opposite Mm -hmm. at all like they literally are complete opposites and so right now even you know going through the sleep regression I've been trying to like find resources and I look up like oh um how do you deal with twins going through sleep regression but they're not twins they're three weeks apart which is a huge age gap when they're so young right so yeah there hasn't been we've just kind of been navigating our own way taking advice from here and there and figuring it out we're making up our own rules you know (laughs) so 
So there's a couple questions from the text that I'm going to read from you guys right now. Um, yeah. Number one is how do you keep it, your toddler busy and how much screen time a day do you do? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> what do you consider screen time? <laughs> no. You know why? Well, my answer would be high. <laughs> I think we're inconsistent with that though. Yeah. There are some days that we don't even like turn the TV on. She doesn't have an iPod, she doesn't, or an iPad, she doesn't have a tablet that she really uses. Like she doesn't know how to play games or anything. Um, sometimes the TV's on and that saves us, especially close to bedtime because we each have to put a baby to bed. And then what does poor Alyssa do? She's not going to sit in her room by herself and wait. And sometimes she chooses to just go and play in her room, but we do offer her to, if she wants to maybe lay in our bed and, and watch a TV show until we're done with the babies. And then we both get to go and spend time with her, which is really nice. So a lot of little art projects. Yeah. I'm obsessed with crafting. So I always have some kind of like art project ready to go for her to keep her kind of busy, at least in the morning and then the afternoon while it's a free for all. (laughs) If we don't get outside, we we do lots of walks and stuff, but to answer the screen time, I mean, it depends on the day. There are Mm -hmm. days where the whole day the TV is on and we just feel like having a lazy day and that's fine. And then there's other days where it's not on at all. So yeah. Yeah. You're not putting too much pressure on it, which is, nice yeah we have nothing against screen time it's great <laughs> I, I concur Austin does not like tv and it's annoying af <laughs> okay exactly. um, this is the, the last question and um and I think this is it's a good one for Jordan just snuck into my office and locked the door so I'm officially locked in my office right now because Aubrey's outside <laughs> naked running in the halls <laughs> I can't even keep my one child quiet and you have three that somehow haven't made a peep yet um, good job, Larry and Lorraine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So as new moms and co- well, not new moms. So as moms to babies in COVID, what are the, um, things that loved ones and family can do for you or your babies or for other people, um, without being able to actually come over and hold the baby. So I guess based on your question is based on your experience, what can people do for new moms in COVID? Well, we appreciated everyone checking in. Yeah just to see if we're still alive. Definitely reaching out. (laughs) That that was really helpful. Mm -hmm. And the random, the random meals on our porch was honestly super helpful. And it just made us like, we knew despite everybody is going through a challenging time right now, like nobody has it easy during COVID. Right. So the fact that it meant that much more that people went out of their way, even though, you know, everybody else is going through something and they still took the time to think about us and drop off, you know, some, just drop off like a random toy for Alyssa or things like that. It just, I think that was so important and just checked in with us just to see if there was anything that they could do to help us was Mm -hmm. invaluable. Like that was really, really helpful for sure. The window visits were cute too. Yeah. Our friends come do walk bys by the window. Yeah. Well, and in the summer it was nice because we can Mm -hmm. have like backyard hangouts and stuff, but Yeah. yeah, I think just most importantly is checking in and, and making sure to, because you don't get to show off your baby, you know, nobody will ever really know what it, our babies looked like as newborns. And so I think just trying to make the new mom feeling special and make sure that they really acknowledge how tiny and sweet and that little baby is in the beginning, because you're really, that's taken away from you. Right. And that's really hard because pictures just don't do it justice. So also FaceTiming, I think mm. FaceTiming is important. You need that. You need to see, to see them as well. Can you think of anything else? No, oh, you covered it. <laughs> <All> good. 
Thanks, Tash. <laughs> so where can people find you guys online? So we are on Instagram. And so that's pretty much it. But we were also in uh, a Today's Parent magazine, which was really cool. Um, that was so awesome. That link is that link is in our bio um, on Instagram. So we've already said what our handle is. So it's Twibbling Moms. Um, but that's pretty much it. You're looking at me like I know. Yeah, so well, tell me. I don't know. <laughs> I that's all. That's where you can find us. <laughs> Anything else you guys yeah. want to share with uh, anyone else before we wrap up? I don't think so. We just do anything. No, but if anyone has any questions or comments or thoughts, ideas, whatever, we're find us. We'll, we're an open book. There's literally there is nothing anybody can ask us that will not like that would offend us. Like we are literally an open book. Remember when somebody asked us how do two pregnant women have sex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you answer? Don't ask- <laughs> Someone actually answered. Ask that. The next. We actually were asked that like a few times and I would like, basically we're just like, okay, if you knew what it felt like to be like 38 weeks pregnant or whatever, like, do you really feel like having sex now? So <laughs> there's your answer. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> just seems like a whole lot of work when you're super pregnant. Not worth it. <laughs> Love you, but... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so ask them anything they will even answer literally anything if you have questions and I think that's cool because it's a way to help like help your mission of normalizing um same-sex marriage and your situation right or your lives not even your situation your lives which is cool we, we just want like people to also understand that like there is no question because so many people are like I don't want to sound stupid when I ask this but there really is no stupid question you know it's a, it's a learning experience it is clearly we've learned that it is a, a unique situation and same-sex parenting still isn't super common these days so we're so happy to answer any questions and we don't want anyone to ever feel like they can't ask something because they're nervous or they think it's a silly question it doesn't exist we are so happy to answer anything so yeah. I love that yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you guys so much for being so open and candid with everything. I so appreciate it. I'm so glad that you decided to share your life so that I could exploit it on my podcast. <laughs> no, you know what? We are so appreciative that you reached out to us. We think it's amazing. We love, love, love your page, your podcast. We love, we love the mom break. So we're so honored to be part of it. And we love when you, uh, yeah, you're always giving us the love, which we really appreciate. So thank you, Erica. Okay, guys, that was Natasha and Kara from at Twibbling Moms on Instagram. <laughs> it's funny because looking back on this episode, it was my, my longest one yet, but their just story is, it's something that needs to be shared. And I think people need to hear it. And they do it in such a, a funny, kind, loving, hilarious way that, um, I'm just I'm so happy to have had them on my podcast this season. So go check them out at twibblingmoms.com <laughs> at Twibbling Moms. And uh, if you have a chance to go to the place you're listening to this podcast on and leave a review, that would be amazing. I know I talk about this a lot, but 
what it does is it <laughs> gives my ego a boost and makes me feel happy, but also it helps me attract different guests because typically when people go, uh, especially if they are, you know, have larger followings, they look to the reviews to see how the podcast is and if they're going to be spending their valuable time on an interview. And this season is all about attracting um, amazing people, regardless of their following, but amazing people who can help and provide different stories and different points of view. So thank you guys so much. You can go check me out on Instagram at mum.break. And if you want to leave any questions for the podcast, um, if you are listening to this in real time, you can always go to mumbreak, themumbreakpodcast.com. I'll say that again because I stuttered themumbreakpodcast.com. And all the information to text me for live Q&A text questions will be there. Thank you guys. Have an amazing day.